Okay, John, say you were to take a job in a school as a supply teacher. What one thing would you teach to the kids? The importance of exploring your prostate gland. Oh, not this again. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week it is the School of Rock. It is the start of our new season. Yes. That we are calling Sing Your Way to an Oscar. Oh, uh, are we? Uh, that's what I called it. Sing Your Way to an Oscar. Yeah. You know, Jack Black doesn't have an Oscar. He's tr- he didn't try hard enough. No, I mean, some might say he deserves one. Maybe somebody in, in this season will get there. Okay, cool. We're going to be doing a season on actors who started off as musicians. Mm-hmm. Jack Black is best known as an actor, but he did actually start out with the band Tenacious D and mm-hmm. did various other bands. And so through that, through rock and roll and musical comedy, he rose up to become a popular film star. And mm. so he's our opening star of this season, I guess. Guess he so, is. Other than that, why mm-hmm. did you choose School of Rock? Thought it'd be good fun. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, and was it? Yeah. yeah. It was great. I was I was very prepared to watch this movie and just be like, oh, this doesn't really hold up. This is just either offensive or not as fun as I remembered or something like that. And I was expecting this to be an episode of you just tearing it down and me be like, yeah, okay. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, okay, so here's the thing. Oh. There is nothing that appeals to me less, I don't think, than the idea of a bunch of kids being taught to appreciate classic rock. Right. Because that's just not really my genre of music, and mm-hmm. I think it's often the basis of a lot of like musical snobbery. It's often quite heteronormative and stuff. So I went into this kind of thinking, oh, I could so easily hate this film. Mm-hmm. That being said, I loved this film. <laughs> <laughs> I found this film so entertaining, so charming. Just really, really, really good. Great. Why do you think this film works? Because it could so easily really be obnoxious and just not work. Mm, Jack Black. Yes. Um, supporting cast. The kids. The kids, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we'll talk about some of the supporting cast yeah. as well. It's the general format of the film. Mm. Like, it's fun because there's not really a villain. No. Well, again, yeah, we'll talk about that because there are some supporting characters who... The, the, film, very... the, the film is just enjoyable all, yes. the, way, all the way through. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I would actually have stopped you at the first thing you said, which is, why does this film work? The answer is Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. can you imagine any other actor, especially at the time, maybe now there's a couple of other people, but like, can you imagine any other actor who could have made this film work the way Jack Black made this film work? I can you imagine actors who, who could have tried and done a good job? Nicolas uh-huh. Cage, for example. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but who could have done an amazing job? Yeah. Pretty much just him, I think. Yeah. It's just Jack Black. Yeah. No, I mean, I know Nicolas Cage is known for doing crazy, but I think it's not just that Jack Black is crazy in this film. This film works because Jack Black is really, really likeable. Mm-hmm. And the character on paper isn't necessarily that easy to like. No, because there's, there's some of the things that go on, like um, everything that's happening at the start with him and the band, like you understand entirely why he gets kicked out of the band. Sure. And why he's the worst housemate slash mm. friend. Yeah, then there's bits like the first song he writes 
is all about getting kicked out of his last band and his housemate asking him for rent. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's getting the kids to sing. Mm-hmm. And then he makes them pledge allegiance to him and just like, we will not ever question your creative control of the band and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But no, he still pulls it off as a really fun character. He does. Despite I, all those horrible things. Yeah, but I found myself thinking about any other actors who were around at the time who might have been offered this role. Mm-hmm. I happen to know, I did a bit of research, this role was actually written for Jack Black because mm-hmm. the guy who wrote it, Mike White, actually lived with, with him and so experienced him because this, this is very much written for his personality. So obviously that's what, one big reason why it works is it is mm-hmm. literally the role he was born to play. Okay. That being said, this kind of well, like... It's literally written for him. Literally written for him, He yeah. wasn't born to play it. No, but it was, okay, fine. It was literally written for him. That person you met what's his name white didn't live with his mum or something no, well no not as far as i'm He's aware like right okay i need a character to play this part who do you know well, let's make a character shall we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no well, that would be literally born yeah, to play yeah well i mean this film was directed by richard linklater who made boyhood later on which, right. i mean he didn't you know, it wasn't his child but you know what i mean yeah. like he has that's interesting is he has played with that kind of you know mm-hmm. letting the passage of time but no anyway the point i'm making is this kind of film this kind of like high school comedy, you know, aimed at teenage boys. It could so easily have been an Adam Sandler film, mm-hmm. which would have been awful. Do you think this was aimed at boys? Because this is one thing I noticed with the school kids. Yeah. Is that they're not all particularly boyish in their behaviour or, or in the, the the jokes that are happening or any, anything that's happening. Oh, no, no, no. And that's why I think this film works well because it's very well written and it appeals to everyone. But I mean, mm-hmm. like in the marketing... I feel like Jack Black films and these these kind of comedies, especially because it's got that whole rock angle, would could very easily the, the easiest market for this film is going to be like teenage boys and like men in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, as it happens, this film, I think anyone would enjoy this film because mm-hmm. it does it ticks a lot of boxes like that. But yeah, I could just imagine someone like Adam Sandler or Kevin James, David Spade, who else made those kind of films? Even maybe Jim Carrey, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think. Even Jim Carrey, who's like oh, quite Jim, talented, like Jim Carrey, that'd be an interesting. I don't re- think for this. Not, 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 not correct, but no, no, you know, no yeah. interesting. I think Jim Carrey's the closest of mm. you know, in, who's in like Jack Black's kind of age range and was around at the time, who might have just been able to make it work. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine he would have had the just the joie de vivre, the joy, and the the and the ability to let the kids be as much a part of it as he was. Mm. The one problem I always have with Jim Carrey, which I've discussed on our cable episode, is that. If you're going to scene with Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's just acting at you and you're just having to deal with it. Whereas, yeah. as much as Jack Black's a big personality, he totally brings out the best in the kids. Like, he brings out some really good performances in those kids. The bit that really got me, which also made me think, like, where has the character Dewey Finn got this skill from? Mm-hmm. But when, I forget her name, one of the one of the backing singers, the larger girl. Oh, Tamika, yeah. Yeah, when she's complaining about her confidence and saying yes. that she's overweight and mm-hmm. she doesn't like that how she looks or something. Yeah. And then he just gives her an incredible talk and just brings her right back into it. And mm. yeah, you're right. Like Jim Carrey in that scene wouldn't have worked at all. No, totally. Yeah. And Jack Black got really emotional there. And then also, where did the character get that from? Yeah. He didn't seem to have any kind of emotional stability. Mm. And then suddenly he's got that. Think he the- would genuinely make a brilliant teacher. What is it? Are you nervous? Yeah. Why? Well, what are you afraid of? They're going to laugh at me. What? Why would they laugh at you? I don't know. Because I'm fat. Tamika. Hey, you've got something everybody wants. You've got talent, girl. You have an incredible singing voice, and I'm not just saying that. You heard of Aretha Franklin, right? Okay, she's a big lady, but when she starts singing, she blows people's minds. Everybody wants to party with Aretha! And, um, you know who else has a weight issue? Who? Me. But 
Once I get up on stage, start doing my thing, people worship me because I'm sexy and chubby, man. Why don't you go on a diet? Because I like to eat. Is that such a crime? Okay, quick plot summary. So yeah, Jack Black plays this character who's kind of a... I guess he's in his late 20s, early 30s. I think Jack Black was about 34 at the time. He gets kicked out of his band and he's living in a flat with his one of his closest friends and his friend's girlfriend. But he kind of doesn't have a day job and he's not paying his rents and stuff. And he's just very kind of... Bit of a layabout. He's threatened with eviction by his housemate. Oh, his flatmate is also a substitute teacher. Yes. And then through through a case of mistaken identity, basically, he ends up taking a job that was offered to his flatmate as mm-hmm. a substitute teacher. Mm. So he goes to this very high-end school, this very kind of posh school, and ends up teaching them about music. He's supposed to be just covering for all the subjects, but he just ends up making it the school of rock, and he just yeah. ends up teaching all these kids who are about age about 10, 11 years old about rock music, which he's passionate about, and forming a band with them, basically. So, yeah, the joke in the first, like, half of the film is that he's, on paper, he's so not suited to be a teacher because he comes in, he's like, anyone got any food? You're not in trouble, I just want to steal your food because I'm mm. hungry. And then he's like, I've got a hangover, so just play all day. And he's just not even trying. And mm. he's very yeah. much, you know, a disaster as a teacher. But then, as it goes on, he actually has all the skills that a teacher needs. Well, not all of the skills, but, like, he, he does have... All the skills that... That teacher needs. Exactly. He's got a lot of empathy. He, he relates to the children really, really well. That mm-hmm. is a really nice scene mm-hmm. with that girl. And there's other scenes as well where he, he really builds them up and gives them confidence. And he speaks to them very naturally. Like, he doesn't talk down to them. Mm-hmm. Again, that, that, I think a lot of that comes from Jack Black. That he's able to sell that really well. Mm. The kids, I think, are really well cast. But I really think he... It seems like he was bringing a lot out of them. He, he has a gift to be able to talk to young people and not make them feel like he's patronising them. Yeah. Like, And I think that was a, a huge, huge part of it. Absolutely. Now listen, you guys, you know what? Normal kids would have been stoked to slack off, but not you guys, because you're not normal. You're special. And because I think you guys have the right attitude, I think it's time we started our new class project. A science project? No, it's called Rock Band. And it may sound easy, but nothing could be harder. It will test your head and your mind and your brain, too. Now, what did you think of when Jack Black starts picking band members? Just like, uh, who can play drums? Oh, I play a percussion. Okay, you, you're on drums. Mm-hmm. Just instantly, no sort of tryouts with anything. Sure, sure, sure. And I could just imagine some quiet kid like, oh, I wanted to play the drums. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Would that have been you? Probably, yeah. yeah. But so he gave out, well, like drums, guitar, bass. He did his own vocals on three backing singers, or two backing singers at the start. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, go for a break, and I'll have positions for everybody when you come back. And the positions that he's got, <laughs> some of them are absolute shit. Like, two, maybe three of the kids are working security. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Well, I get it a little bit in school. Yeah. Just like, okay, you soundproof in the place and, mm. like, watch the corridors or whatever. But that's no fun. No. It's, like, they might enjoy soundproofing, but they're not going to enjoy, like, watching an empty corridor for the whole day. They seem to enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, then he picks three girls to be groupies. Oh, that was one of my favourite, <laughs> one of my biggest laughs. Your like. job, worship the band. Just like, oh my God, that is the worst job <laughs> ever. <laughs> I lo- oh, I love that because it was so fun. But they, they made that joke about it. Like, yeah. Because yeah, well, them- did, did they stay as groupies? Because I know that one of them was Summer who then became the band manager. Yeah. Well, which amazing- also felt like a massive, just like, um, here's some shit that no one wants to do. Yeah. But then she turned out to be really good at that. It felt yeah. like he saw everyone's potential and gave them jobs that they were suited for. 
Like, and yeah, okay. But then, but then, but there's still two groupies left. There's still two girls who are just groupies. But don't the groupies end up on the naming committee? Is that the same two girls? They pick a name for the band. Oh yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's, so. I think they do, yeah. Because initially, yeah. yeah, that's part of his his journey. Because initially, he does just go, "You, you, your girls, you can be groupies." Mm. And then there's an amazing scene where Summer, who's like the Lisa Simpson character, basically, yeah, yeah. she goes, "I looked up what groupies are. I don't want a groupie. Groupies are just sluts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sleep with the band." And he's like, he's like, "No, they're more like cheerleaders." But so. <laughs> Morning, Summer. Groupie. What's the matter? You want me to be a groupie? Well, groupie's an important job. I research groupies on the internet. They're sluts. They sleep with a band. No, that's not true. They're like cheerleaders. I don't want to be a cheerleader. Can we talk about, um, I, I don't know what his name was, the guy who was doing the costumes? Billy. Billy. My favourite character. You look very excited by that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah he, he, he was great. Yeah. Every scene that he was in, he was great. But, he was just uh, having none of it and I loved it. <laughs> I loved the bit where he shows him the costumes that he's done mm. and Jack Black's just like, they're a bit glam aren't they? And uh, I forget what Billy's res- response was, but then somebody else says, oh, why don't we just wear uniforms? And they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's just, that's really good. Let's just wear uniforms. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's, that's the end. We don't see him or any of his work until the end of the film. And then the show happens and he presents Jack Black with, with a school uniform. Yeah. Nothing like that school by the way. But no, that was a but, reference but, but, to... But whatever. Um, is ACDC? The lead singer of ACDC always plays in a school uniform? Oh, sure. I didn't know. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, and the... then everybody else does all have really incredible costumes yeah. all based off school uniform. Just like, oh, why don't you just look a little bit of that here and there? Yeah, I know. I, I love that. It, it really made it look like they were just going to be like, yeah, let's just wear our normal school uniforms. That's mm. really good. And then, nope, they're all glittery and whatever. Yeah, I like that. I, I appreciated that touch at the end because it was like, oh, he did get to use his creativity. Yeah. And they all worked together. And, yeah. Oh, he was great. He was so good. My favourite bit with him is when they have the scene where he's trying to make teach them about the value of anger. Yeah. And it's just such a funny scene. He's like, come on, who's the man? I'm the man, so insult me. And they all throw these amazing insults at him. Like, you're the worst teacher I've ever had. Mm-hmm. You're a fat loser with body odour. And he's like, whoa. And there's like a slight moment. He's like, oh, wow. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Keep going. <laughs> and then, um, and then he says he's talking about like song rights. He's like, "So Billy, who do you hate? Who's the person you hate the most?" And, and Billy just goes, "You." And he goes, "You're tacky, and I hate you." Yes. <laughs> that was my line of the film. You're tacky, and I hate you. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. All right, all right. Now is everyone nice and pissed off? Yeah. Good. Time to write a rock song. Now, what makes you mad more than anything in the world, Billy? You. Billy, we've already told me off. Let's move on. You're tacky and I hate you. Okay, you see me after class. And uh, my favourite thing about Billy, actually, was uh, I watched a few YouTube videos after I watched the film, behind-the-scenes stuff, and there was a reunion documentary that was made about five years ago, so maybe like a 10-year anniversary of the film. So all the kids were grown up, basically. Mm -hmm. And so you saw them all, like, reuniting and and how they've all turned out. And uh, let's just say Billy was well cast. (laughs) He was playing to type. Okay, great. First thing you do when you start a band is talk about your influences. That's how you figure out what kind of band you want to be. So who do you like? Blondie. Christina Aguilera. Who? No. Come on. What? You. Shortstop. Puff Daddy. Wrong. Billy. Liza Minnelli. Some of his nicknames, though, were like... Doesn't he call one of them Spazzy McGee? I think he does, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that, that, that joke hasn't aged well. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that dates it. <laughs> yeah. Crikey. 
but yeah, I mean, I would say that the also didn't he call the pianist who was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not cool, and mm. nobody's going to like me and everything, and he yeah, again, he he bring brings his self esteem self esteem right back up, sure, and uh, then gives him the nickname Mister Cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but um, that's not going to go well in the playground. Mm. Absolutely not, though. Hey, I'm Mr. Cool. Yeah, he's going to get eaten alive. <laughs> oh, but I mean, yeah, all the kids were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Jack Black was absolutely a, a starter. The other adult cast, I felt, were kind of underwritten. And yeah, yeah, they were. Um, I always got John Cusack and John Cusack mixed up. Well, you know they're siblings. I guess, because they look the same. Yeah, exactly. And they have the same name. Yes. <laughs> weird. Mm. <laughs> what a weird family. Yeah, she was... Weird. She was kind of neither here nor there because she wasn't boring. Not necessarily. And she and she wasn't she wasn't bad. She was yeah. playing the character quite well, but just mm. she wasn't she wasn't the, th- the same level as everybody else. No, and well, I guess that she kind of had to be because she was the super straight headmistress. Yeah, it's just very anal about everything, mm. and uh, it just didn't fit with any other characters. I have a theory, and I've no proof of this. I have a theory that a lot of her role and a lot of the role of the flatmates and his girlfriend ended up on the cutting room floor. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of this film that's really good scenes of just them all having fun in the classroom that don't really move the plot along particularly. It's just mm. all just fun to watch. And then there's really not a lot of them. Like, she's kind of set up as she's going to be the maybe the villain. Like, she's going to be, like, the, like say, the super straight-laced teacher who's, like, trying to tamp down on the fun. Mm-hmm. But then she's not really in it enough to really register as that. And she's mm. never really that authoritarian. And then it's like, maybe she's going to be a love interest? Are they going to have like a, a little bit of yeah, a love vibe? And that, that was... never really goes anywhere. Yeah, it didn't. It just kind of like, she appears, then she disappears. And then and then there's the bit where she's, he's talking to the other teachers. He's like, why is she so straight-laced? And they say, oh, she's always like this, except for that one time she got drunk and did karaoke. Mm. And then there's a scene where they go to the bar. It's like, oh, is she going to be a secret headbanger? But then, no, that doesn't really happen either. Mm. It's like, there's just a weird scene where the, she takes like a sip of beer and then he puts Stevie Nicks on the karaoke machine. And then mm-hmm. she just kind of just randomly start singing along, but she's not drunk. It doesn't seem like she's drunk. She's just kind of like, oh, I love this song. And Oh, no, it seemed like she, she was drunk, like an, a massive lightweight. Yeah, she's had literally a sip of beer, though. Like, oh, yeah. Maybe that was the joke. No, no, she should get through like half a pint, but uh, okay. yeah, like she, she did do like a hiccup or something, which sure. is Hollywood's way of telling you that someone's drunk. Sure. But they could have gone so much further with that. I would have loved to have seen of her, like him actually tricking her in, not tricking her in like a rapey way, but mm-hmm. you know, just tricking her into, you know, getting actually really drunk and then the two of them are like doing like edge of 17 on the karaoke and really like going for it and then mm. like the next day she, he gets us a promise to let him go on the field trip which is mm-hmm. the whole point of the whole thing and then she doesn't really remember the next day but he's well I'd have liked it if at that point they just went for a full on not necessarily they both get completely drunk but they just lose control a little bit and mm. the two of them get together yeah that would have been great yeah because you did feel for her at that at that one point and I think was it before or after that, it was in the car or something. Oh uh, yeah, that, it's after oh, that. No, it's no, the parents' no, evening. No, no, no. It was it, it was just before that. I think when he asked her, "Do you want to go for a drink?" Yes. And she's like, "No one's asked me to go for a drink for five years or something." Yeah. And that's you. You really feel like, oh, that's that's sweet. Um, mm. I mean, sad and sweet. Yeah. But it would have been nice if it wasn't just to kind of trick her into saying yes for a field trip, and that be all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because if it was about that, and you know, he's trying to sweeten the deal or something, but you know, at least sweeten the deal with. Yeah, some some bit some fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of loving, yeah. yeah. A bit of Jack Black loving. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she was just she was just kind of it wasn't Joan Cusack's fault, I thought she was fine, but yeah, she was kind of neither here nor there as a character. Yeah. And yeah, and I felt the same with the the flatmates. Well, for him I just thought he was really poorly cast. <laughs> really? Like well, I mean, he's the writer that 
guy who played the flatmate is Mike White, who wrote the film. So fair enough, he wrote the film. He wants oh. to be in it. He can be in it. Yeah, right, yeah. Fair enough, can't complain. But his acting style was so weird. It it really felt like he was just this random guy who'd been like, walking down the street and somebody like, hey, do you want to be in this film scene? Oh, all right, sure. Like, just throw him in. He was just kind of like going along with it because mm. he was so weirdly low energy. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's obviously that actor's style of acting. And I'm sure if you saw him in other things, he'd be the exact same way. But mm. I don't know, it just didn't really have a lot of... It was very interesting to watch. Like well, when, it, it, it was low energy in an interesting way because was, it was telling a story about how he used to be this amazing, cool guy in a rock band with Jack Black and then he, he quit that to take his job a bit more seriously, become a teacher and get this girlfriend who's just awful. Yeah, and that was another thing that annoyed <laughs> um, me. Yeah. No, that's so, why so I thought that he, he did an absolutely fine job because okay. he was being boring. He was being the opposite of Jack Black yeah. intentionally. That's fair. That's fair, I suppose, yeah. That's what he was written to be. Yeah. I guess maybe they could have had a flashback or two that showed him when he was, like, wild and crazy. Yeah, that would have been good. And then the contrast would have made more sense, rather than just being him just being this real drag. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't know, he just felt a bit too, like, low energy, to the point where the scenes between him and Jack Black, or the scenes with him and Sarah Silverman, just didn't really mm. pop for me. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was re- I just really thought it was such a waste of Sarah Silverman, who is a really funny stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Just have her playing this really, like, angry shrewish girlfriend like just this bitchy shrew mm-hmm. yeah I mean she had nothing to work with whatsoever she was just the, just playing a bitch really like, mm-hmm. there's nothing to that character at all just, mm-hmm. if she'd been like comically over the top awful then at least she could have been funny but she wasn't even allowed to be funny she was just like a buzzkill Dewey I mean you owe me a lot of money as it is yeah try $2200 okay you guys the band is about to hit it big time We're going to win Battle of the Bands, and when I'm rolling in the Benjamins, I will throw you and your dog a bone. Good night. Oh, give it up! Your band has never made two cents! Patty, come on, I'm on this. Oh, you're on this? You're on this? He's walking all over you! So the film concludes with him deciding to make the classroom formless band, and then he takes them to a Battle of the Bands kind of competition, Mm -hmm. which uh, they then enter, which is an adult Battle of the Bands competition with actual Mm -hmm. like rock bands Mm -hmm. in front of a full crowd Mm -hmm. who seems to be like up for a night out and, you know, drinking and quite raucous. Mm -hmm. But this scene happens at 10 a.m.? Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, Yeah, I'll be wondering this too. I was like, what time is it? (laughs) Why are these people doing this now? Mm. Yeah, that was a little odd, really, wasn't it? It was very odd, yeah. And also, would nobody be surprised But Oh, there's kids on the stage. Okay, this is weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the whole thing. Well, that was another joke where it's like, well, this isn't really a thing for kids. And he's like, but they have, uh, they, they all have terminal illnesses. Yeah. And he brings them into it. So, like, he makes them all pretend they have, that they have, like, weeks to live. And they're mm. all, like, st- hanging around outside, like, trying to look sickly, which I thought was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah. I did, I did like how they were doing it. They're all just sort of leaning against the wall, like coughing or something. Yeah. The drummer was just lying face down on the on the road, dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy's like, all oh, the humanity. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was really, really funny. Ugh, look at them. They're terminal. Every last one of them. Jeez. Yeah, and all they wanted to do before they bit the dust was play Battle of the Bands. What do they all have? It's a, uh, <clears throat> it's a rare blood disease. Stick it to demand neosis. I quite liked the bit where all the adults are, all the parents are in the uh, in the head teacher's office. Because mm. they're just like, wait, who is this guy who's been teaching our kids for the past couple of months? How did you let a guy who's just a random guy 
tea talkers and she goes off and has a little cry in the corridor or something and <laughs> sees that and then finds out that the kids have gone missing and she walks in and just she's given up completely like she's got no emotions anymore so she's happy if anything she's like yeah. hey everybody your kids are missing yeah. i don't know where they are they could be anywhere yeah that's that was a good joke cues <laughs> that moment where she's just so stressed she's just like fuck it yeah, yeah. that was great yeah which also she should lose her job jack black should go to prison mm. <laughs> i did think that at the end it's like he walks out it's like you know happy ending like you know because she, she, she says like when she turns up the Battle of the Band and he's like, are you, still, are you not still mad? And she's like, I'm furious, I'm mortified, but that was amazing. Yeah. And it's like, it ends on this happy note where he, you know, goes and starts his own like after school kind of guitar club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. But I did kind of find myself thinking, you did commit fraud. Yeah. You will go to jail. Yeah. I mean, it's not that kind of film. And I don't obviously want it to suddenly be no, like a courtroom drama, but yeah, I did think that. Uh, one of my other favourite moments with her, though, actually, just before we wrap up, was, again, with the groupies, or the, mm-hmm. where he turns them into the naming committee, and then they go to him in the, like, um, in, the, in the lunch canteen. The, the, these two little, like, sweet little girls. And they're like, we've got some ideas for the name, the name of the band. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. let's hear it, let's hear it. And they're like, they give these really, like, sappy ones, like, uh, I don't know, Rainbow, or um, the Teddy Bears. I don't know what it was, exactly. Mm. And he's like, no, that's crap, that's crap. It needs to be more rock and roll. And then she comes up, and... Joe Cusack talking to Jack Black and he's pretending to be a serious teacher and then the little girl goes how about pig rectum (laughs) (laughs) and he's like science project science project (laughs) so many good lines in this film yeah it's good Mr. S we came up with some names for the band yeah hit me the bumblebees Uh, no it's sissy the koala bears no what are you talking about it's too sissy okay girls I need to speak with Principal Mullins for a moment Hey, Miss Mullins. Hello. Um, How's it going? How about pig rectum? Shame show. It's a science project. Never mind. Listen. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm done. I've talked about a lot. Okay, great. great. Good choice. Drinking okay, games. well, while we're still on that topic, my first drinking game is drink for a quotable line. Quotable line. Oh, there's so many. Yes, yeah, so such as, I've been touched by your kids, and I'm pretty sure that I've touched them. That was a really good one. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're tacky and I hate you. You're tacky and I hate you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, what do they all have? Yeah, it, it's a rare blood disease. Stick it to Demanisis. <laughs> we'll stick it to Demanisis or something here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it, it's the exact same thing, but instead of playing it like this, you tip it on the side and cello, you got a bass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good pun work. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Dewey Finn, and no, I'm not a licensed teacher, but I have been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. Uh, so my first one was when he nicknames the kids. Oh yeah. Lead guitar. Zach attack. Take a seat. On bass, Posh Spice. On keyboards, Mr. Cool. And on drums, Spazzy McGee. Okay, Blondie, brace face, you're singing back. Drink anytime someone mentions the man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the man in this. Mm, very true, yeah. Drink whenever he physically touches the children. Does that happen a lot? Yeah, not, obviously not in a sexual way, mm. but like, it's sad really, because now I think the way we are at the moment in society, we're so paranoid that teachers just will not physically touch a child in any way. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean like, you know, a, a supportive touch on the shoulder. Or you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely scenes where he like shoves the children or he, you know, he does, he touches them on the shoulders. Just little moments when I was just like, oh, that wouldn't really happen anymore. And sometimes for the best, because you should never shove children. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just every time he physically touches a child in a way that in 2018, probably wouldn't be allowed to do. Yeah. Um, my last one. Drink anytime someone insults Dewey. Now okay, yeah. Not just the classroom scene. It's mm-hmm. actually all throughout. Oh, he's constantly getting abused. Yeah, yeah, from pretty much every character. Yeah, but what I what I really really liked actually was that he 
absolutely never took it on. I know it was great. Yeah, yeah. he just it just washed right over him. Like mm. he was just he was so comfortable in himself. It was really great. Like they didn't make a whole big thing of that, but it was just a really it was just a really nice touch. I thought that he was just absolutely totally fine with who he was, and he didn't care about what mm-hmm. anyone thought of him. That's right. I'm the man, and who's got the guts to tell me off? Huh? Who's gonna tell me off? Shut the hell up, Schneebly. That's it, Freddy. That's it. Who can top him? Get out of here, stupid ass. <laughs> yes, Alicia. You're a joke. You're the worst teacher I've ever had. Summer, that is great. I like the delivery because I felt your anger. Thank you. You're a fat loser and you have body odor. All right. My last one. Well, I had two. I had drink every time his hair changes. Hmm? And last of all, drink for guitar wanking. <laughs> what? Guitar wanking. Like, no, 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 definition, it, please. Definition. It's just when he, like, you know, when he plays like a really over-the-top guitar solo. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't literally mean like masturbating himself with a guitar. It just means you know, like self-indulgent guitarist, like you know, just just when he's really playing his ridiculous over-the-top mm-hmm. solos. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, there's a lot of that. So. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, really I was, I, that reminded of the mighty boost joke of <laughs> somebody who used to. Uh, sorry, a bit, a little bit explicit here. Um, stick their uh, hoo ha for a polite <laughs> name um, in, into the guitar strings and strum themselves to heaven. Defi- that's, stick- that's just all the all so- the joke was. So a man would stick his penis or a woman would stick into the guitar string? A man, string? Would stick, man would stick his penis into the guitar string. Wouldn't that just get cut to shreds? Well, yeah, it's the mighty boosh, okay? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. I just got, oh, yeah, that, that's not a pleasant mental image. No. no. But I just remember how it was uh, It was good and then followed up on ever so slightly in the back half of that episode where you see somebody playing the guitar like the wrong way around. Mm-hmm. So it's strings facing inwards. Yeah. Anyway! Anyway, okay, great, good stuff. Um, you can so, cut that out if you want. No, leave it all in, it's gold. <laughs> right. Uh, Patreon? Oh, yeah. Um, so we're on Patreon. We are. Dot com slash Beyond the Box Set. Yes. So if you want to support us in any way, if you feel like we've earned a bit of money and you want to say thank you in a way, then you can pay anything from $2 to $15,000 a month. And uh, there's a few bits of bonus content for you there. You always lead it. Saying thank you. Yes. You always lead it as if it's like it should be about a gratitude thing. Like if you're grateful for this content yeah. we're bestowing on you, you should give us some money. When really I think it should be we're creating even more good content. That if you want to access it. Well, it's both. Yeah, it is both, but yeah. yeah. Don't feel like you need to, but actually the content we do on Patreon is pretty damn good, so. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, so on Patreon we have a little bonus show where we review films that are in the cinema right now. Beyond Beyond the Box Set. Beyond Beyond the Box Set, yeah. Uh, we just did our Deadpool 2 episode, mm-hmm. but um, I think we're going to do Star Wars, or the Han, the Han Solo solo movie. Solo, a Star Wars movie. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, also, every month you can have a 30 second ad slot on one of our shows. Mm-hmm. That can be advertising anything you want. Could be your own podcast, could be your business, could be a friend's business, or could even be. <sighs> framed photos of family. That's like I'm picking out of your apartment. This... Oh, yeah, I do. You have a lot of very uh, emotional frames and stuff in your house. Yeah. You've got that poster there that's got love written all around it. Oh, Sweet. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's beautiful. It's lovely. I'm so happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was being nice and cute to your family were listening, but... Uh... Yeah, no, they probably are. So, yes, I, yeah, I'm really pleased that this uh, very expensive Kate Bush poster now has a bunch of tacky love, 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 love. <laughs> Around the side of it, that can never remove. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> so, if you want, if you want to advertise cheesy photo frames, we will do it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll we'll, Three thirty-second ad slot on the main show for any of our Patreon listeners. Yes. Also, what is it? Oh, yeah. Once a month, we get a Patreon to come on the show. Yes. Guess. Or if you don't want to come on, you can pick a film, and we'll do it for you. 
Yes, so it's just a way of you picking a film for us to discuss and to make sequels for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you want to join us, you can and make your own sequels. We've had some really good ones on in the past and we're looking forward to having more on in the future. So yeah. that will be very exciting. So that is uh, patreon.com slash set. Yes, and it's a page of your system, so it doesn't matter how much or how little you decide to subscribe with. It could be as little as $2 a month or fifteen, as much as $15,000 a month, as Harry mentioned. Uh, you'll get access to all the same content either way. So great. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. We know you love box sets and the area outside of them. Do you ever wonder what people see in artists like Garth Brooks and Insane Clown Posse? There's a lot of hidden value in this music, and we want to understand why people are so dedicated to these artists. We're Think Outside the Box Set, and we almost accidentally stole the name of Beyond the Box Set. Join me, Cameron DeWitt. And me, Nathan Hunt. As we listen to artists that many people dismiss, maybe for good reason. Check out boxset.website. Or your preferred podcatcher. You've tried the best, now try the rest. Okay, now let's go to some sequels. Now let's go to some sequels. Okay. Once again, I have decided to do some small ideas this week rather than one single big one. Sure. So I will... As long as they're good. Well, well, I'll let you be the judge. (laughs) So the first one I need a little bit of help with. All right. Okay. So I was thinking, why does this movie work? And as we've discussed, this movie works because Jack Black Mm -hmm. is fantastic and it's a perfect role for him. I think you talked when you were kind of talking up this episode last week about how there are two gears of Jack Black. There's Jack Black when he's really entertaining Mm -hmm. and Jack Black when he's boring. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example of a film in which you feel that Jack Black is boring? Well, The Holiday was the example I picked out last time. Mm -hmm. Um, King Kong? I can't even remember him being in King Kong. Yeah, the 2003 Peter Jackson King Kong. Oh, right. Yes, he was in that, yeah. The film on the whole was The film on the whole was really forgettable, yes, I can't really say. But yeah, I feel like the films that don't work for Jack Black are films that don't give him enough room to like... Basically, his whole appeal is his enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. He's a really enthusiastic, confident person. Yeah. And so I was thinking, so this film really works. This film, School of Rock, works really, really well because he is obviously genuinely really into rock and roll. He's in Tenacious D, he's in a rock band. Like, It's his genuine enthusiasm is channeled into this film. Mm -hmm. So that got me thinking... Well, this became like a franchise of other films about Jack Black, you know, teaching people about something that Jack Black is super enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. What do you think, other than rock and roll, might be a good thing that Jack Black could kind of have enthusiasm about that he could teach the world? in Or teach, you know, younger people or... Hmm. Acting? Acting, maybe, yeah. That'd be a good one. So would that be Jack Black's school of drama? Yeah, Maybe. That didn't occur to me. I like that. Let's, let's think about that for a and second. And then they could pick any kind of film or TV show mm-hmm. or play that they could just do. Yeah. Ooh. So, I... so, so they could have kids doing Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. or The Avengers. You could just pick anything. Anything that could be crazy. That'd be good. I imagine him being really into like action movies. Mm-hmm. So imagine, yeah, imagine him like making a bunch of kids about the age of the kids are in this film. Like reenact a really famous like kung fu action martial arts kind of film, or like a Schwarzenegger film, you know, just like crazy over the top violence. And mm-hmm. That'd be really good. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah, Jack Black or a is horror a horror film. Could be a horror le- film. Le- less fun. You, you got it there with action. Yeah, films. I think yeah. Jack Black directing an action film. Yeah, mm. that'd be really good. Or you know, for kids though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jack Black running a drama club. That's yeah, I like it a lot. I think mm-hmm. that's really really good. So the one I came up with was food. So, what is he doing? A cooking show or? Well, this is the thing I was thinking, because... Wait, sorry, could you just tell me about it? Is, is this Jack Black making something, or is this Jack Black playing a character, going into school and doing it with the kids? Oh, playing a character. Okay. Cool. Like, I mean, the character in School of Rock is probably pretty close to who Jack Black really is, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. still playing a character. It's not yeah. a documentary. Cool. So yeah, it's playing a character, completely. It's mm-hmm. a story. So, But not necessarily the same character. 
like I think pretty much the same character, but it doesn't need to like follow the same stories. It doesn't need to be like, mm-hmm. oh, how did he end up not working for that school anymore? Like, mm. So I was thinking that, yeah, you could do one about food because there's kind of a weird subgenre. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these films, but they do come out every now and again. It's quite popular to see films kind of set in restaurants where, or like about chefs, about cooking. Every now and you get films like uh, Burnt with Bradley Cooper. There was No Reservations with Owen Wilson and Catherine Zeta-Jones. There was Julia and Julia with Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. Like, they come around every now and again, and they'll be about, like... They'll be set in a kitchen. And you've not, you're making I've a not, face like you've not seen any of these films. I have not. The, the, I, yeah, I don't think they're really marketed to people like you, but, mm-hmm. but they come out every now and again, mm-hmm. and they never seem to really work. Because mm-hmm. the idea is that they're about people who either work in restaurants or are food critics or amateur cooks or something, and it's about them finding meaning in their lives mm-hmm. through food, basically. Mm-hmm. But they never work, because I've seen a few of these films now, and they're, they're always exactly the same film. It never really makes food seem fun. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it never really gets into the whole indulgent elements of like why is why do people like food so much? It's because it tastes great and it's indulgent, and you know, because it's always Hollywood stars like like Amy Adams, like Owen Wilson, like Catherine Zeta Jones, like Bradley Cooper, who like they've never eaten a stray carb in their entire lives. You know what I mean? And it always like plays up all the drama of like a kitchen. It's mm-hmm. always there's always like loads of dramatic scenes in a kitchen, like where it's like we have to get this perfect and we can't send it out. And it's, you know, it's always about like, the drama of creating the perfect dish, and it's never about the fun of what I think most people who enjoy food enjoy cooking. It, com- it comes from a place of just pure pleasure, and you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was thinking the perfect actor to do a film about food and about cooking that would actually be fun would be Jack Black. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking much in the same way he's good at this about like classic rock and roll. It's a little bit cheesy, but he's genuinely passionate about it. Yeah. So I was thinking, in- so in this film, so I've decided to call it the Culinary School of Rock. Yep, that works really well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's the exact same setup, more or less. So let's say he starts the film working in like a fast food restaurant or something. And um, something happens, he gets fired. You know, plot mechanics, he gets fired. Maybe he's, uh, he's trying to make the perfect burger. Yeah. He's trying to make it as, as incredible as possible. He's In his head, he's working to a Michelin star quality. Mm-hmm. But he's just working at Mackey D's. They just need burgers making as quick as possible. Perfect. Exactly, yeah. He's just got to get them out fast as possible. And, and he, but he's trying to like make these, you know... Mm-hmm really amazing creations and like you know you, there's no time for this and he gets fired mm-hmm. yeah perfect exactly what it should be when really he should be working as a sandwich artist in Subway well maybe yeah <laughs> well is that going to be our product placement for this film that's how we're going to fund it yeah um, if you could pay us please Subway sure yeah I meant for this film are you sure uh, <laughs> okay sure I don't think just being mentioned <laughs> but maybe maybe now that mentioned them maybe it's like verbal contract um, so yeah he ends up losing his job <laughs> if that if was that, how it works if that was the case we yeah. struck gold yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Apple, Facebook, Disney, <laughs> DreamWorks, Pixar. So he gets fired from this fast food restaurant and he needs a new job. And maybe once again, he's got this flatmate with a horrible girlfriend. He's, he's in danger of being kicked out unless he starts paying his way again. So he needs to get a job fast. Mm-hmm. And then mistaken identity hijinks happen. Maybe he goes for a job at a high-end restaurant and he gets accidentally mistaken for like a high-end, like internationally renowned cuisine chef. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up getting a job teaching a culinary course at this high-end chef's academy, basically. So it's yeah. all for trainee chefs, basically. Uh, and it's one of those schools where the students are all kind of making ridiculous, you know, health food, artisanal wheat bread bruschetta or steamed polenta on zero-calorie rye bread, kind of just really joyless kind of, you know, ridiculously intricate food that no one actually would enjoy eating. It takes mm-hmm. ages to make. And then he... So he is obviously going to be horrified by this, much as like when he goes to the class in the original film and he sees them all just playing, like, really stayed classical music on their instruments. He's like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And so he leads a revolution. He teaches them all that food's about taste and pleasure and indulgence and all that kind of stuff. 
and he gets them all cooking real meals. Like, you know, like I said, he starts creating these amazing over-the-top burgers, like cheese on meat on cheese and cheese on cheese on cheese and, you know, giant pizzas with all these crazy toppings, etc. Was that your ideal burger? Cheese on meat on cheese on cheese on cheese on cheese on cheese. Well, and a bit of bread, you know. maybe, maybe a salad leaf, you know, maybe a lettuce leaf. It's just, you know, keep, get one or five a day in there. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But yeah, he's got them all crazy. To clarify, a leaf of salad is not... One of your favourite. <laughs> I capped it. So, yeah, so he's cooking these amazing, creative, over-the-top, like, meals. Like, the equivalent of a giant guitar solo, I think, is, like, a giant pizza with ridiculous toppings on or mm-hmm. ridiculously big burgers and stuff with mm-hmm. crazy flavours and stuff. Yeah, and the students kind of resist at first. You know, they're like, this isn't what we're supposed to be learning about, you know, blah, blah, blah. Veganism, health food, I don't know. But then they ultimately, they love it. They get converted. And uh, so he enlists them maybe in place of the Battle of the Bands. There'll be like a big giant cook-off, like a big like yeah. barbecue or like a chili cook-off or something. Something, yeah. Yeah. And then so he's trading them all to take part in this big event where they're going to present all their amazing meals and hopefully like, win and, you know, have glory. And then, you know, towards the end of the film, the real chef's going to show up and then he's going to, Jack Black's sadly going to be exposed, he'll be fired, etc. But the students are going to support him. Mm-hmm. They're going to like rebel, leave the class, go and find him in his, his apartment, feeling really sorry for himself. Mm-hmm. And they're going to like pull yourself together, let's go to this cook-off. And they're all going to cook their big, amazing dishes. And they're going to win, or maybe narrowly lose like they did in this film. But, <laughs> yeah. but ultimately, he's going, to, he's going to learn his lesson. He's going to become the head chef at a wildly popular rock and roll bar and grill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets uh, actually just to tie the two films together, maybe he becomes head chef at a particularly high-end branch of the Hard Rock Cafe. You know, those, like, yeah, rock and roll yeah, cafe yeah. restaurants they have, like, in every city in the world? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, like, I mean, they never really have, like, any kind of dining. It's just, like, a burger and a bit of bread. But, like, yeah, if he maybe starts working there and, like, starts creating more creative dishes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, so exact same story, but with food. I just thought that'd be a, mm. a fun Jack Blackian twist on the film. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. While you've been saying this, I've, all, I've also thought... Uh, also work quite well for dancing in some, dancing. some form. Okay, yeah. Different kind of dance. He's yeah, a good dancer. I was thinking Strictly Ballroom sort mm-hmm. of thing. Oh, Jack Black and Sweet Strictly Ballroom. Like mm. it, yeah. What would his style be? Very graceful and over the top. Yes. At the same time. <laughs> graceful and over the top at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but do you think he'd be, rebe- I think he'd be like a rebellious, it would be like, it'd be like, you know, in the Strictly Ballroom film where it's like the, the main character's doing illegal moves. Mm-hmm. If I, I would just watch a remake of Strictly Ballroom with Jack Black in the lead role. <laughs> I'm probably I would not 100% really watch that yeah. film. Yeah. All right, there, there we go. That's that sorted. Great. Love it. That was a okay. very quick, simple idea. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, that was my best idea, but I had a couple of other ones that I'll just whiz through quickly. Okay. So one was School of Pop. Okay. And this is uh, Billy, little yeah. gay Billy, who also becomes a teacher. It's set in 2018, obviously. So maybe he goes to a school where he's teaching modern kids who are all into like Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande and, you know, modern stuff. And he teaches them about how to appreciate kind of classic pop and disco. And mm. uh, maybe he gets them to form a Spice Girls-inspired kind of pop band. Uh, and while also teaching them all about classic show tunes like Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland and Barbra Streisand and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But the twist is they all love it. It doesn't take much convincing. And the, their story ends up becoming the inspiration for the hit TV show Glee. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So that, would make, that might work, yeah. Because in Glee, it was all the kids actually just really loved all that stuff. So, mm. yeah. Did you ever watch Glee? Nope. Mm-hmm. And then finally, my last idea is a film called Mr. Schneebly's Opus. And Sean Connery in this? Sorry, I can't really pronounce that. I can't pronounce a Schneebly without going Schneebly. Schneebly. Yeah, you also did Mr. Mr. Schneebly's Opus. So, <laughs> Mr. Schneebly's Opus. Great. Great, cool. 
So um, no Sean Connery on this then. No, no. Okay. Uh, this is very much just ripped off from a very lovely film from the 90s called Mr. Holland's Opus, which is about a music teacher. Okay. Starred Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, so in this film, we catch up on Dewey Finn, the Jack Black character's life, uh, after the original film, like 20 years later. Mm-hmm. This film came out about 18 years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. 2000, 2001-ish. Mm-hmm. Although he was fired after being exposed as a fraud and opened his own music school, you know, the after-school music guitar class, he was later approached by Principal Mullins, the Joe and Cusack character, to formally train as a teacher with an open invitation to return to the school. Okay. This film shows us how, like, over the years, you know, through a montage or something, you know, mm-hmm. a montage, how he applies himself and learns how to work within the system, all the while dreaming of staging his own incredible rock opera and, like, forming his own band and doing all the things that he always thought he was going to do. Mm. Uh, and the years go by and he continues to inspire class after class of students with his amazing inspirational teaching style. But he never seems to find time to dedicate to his own rock and roll dreams. So he never really does form that band. He never does write that opera. And we revisit him on the eve of his 50th birthday, because Jack Black is 48 now. Yeah. And he becomes very depressed when he realises, like, the years have gone by and he's never actually going to be that rock and roll god he always dreamed of being. Mm -hmm. Because not many people become rock and roll gods starting at the age of 50. Mm. So he has to finally, like, come to terms with the fact that it's never going to happen for him. Mm -hmm. He's quite depressed about that. And worse still, government cuts force the the school, Horace Green, which is the school in the original film, to eliminate their music department. Meaning Dewey is pushed into early retirement. Mm-hmm. So on his last day at school, there's a farewell assembly, and uh, he's surprised. And the heart, this is the heartwarming climax of the film, when all of his former students, including the original class, who obviously have to come back for a cameo, they're all in attendance, and they all pull electric guitars out from underneath their chairs, <laughs> and just engage in the most epic rock concert ever ever seen. Mm-hmm. So they're all just like jamming and playing massive guitar solos, and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. Because that's what happens in Mr. Holland's opus is he's a music teacher who like, uh, neglects right. his private life and years and years go by. Then on his last day in his retirement, all the students stand up with like clarinets and flutes and play this beautiful opus that he's composed. Mm. For him. And, yeah, it's, it's and, you know, sob, sob, sob. It's, it's, yeah. it's a hard one. But I thought that with like electric guitars and crazy, you know, rock posturing would be even funnier. Mm. Well, would be funnier. That film's mm. not mm. a comedy. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, those are my ideas. Mm, yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, which one do you think you'd make? Probably the third one, I think. Yeah, it was Mr. Mr. Well, I mean, I literally just took Mr. Holland's opus yeah, and changed uh, a few words. It was very fine and replaced, so... Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, that's already an established hit film, so... Right, okay. <laughs> I still like the cooking one. I think that'd be fun. Or even the, the drama school one, your idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I quite like Jack Black. It's really boring. Yeah, I think any of these could work. There's not much I wouldn't like to watch Jack Black in, really. Yeah. He, he's good. As long as he's got the opportunity <laughs> to be funny and to be himself, mm. he's always a good time. So Okay, well... Right. Mine, I'm also quite proud of. Okay, I'm pleased. I'm excited. Um, so I've called it uh, School of Rock Growing Up. Growing Up, okay. It's going to start off three years after the event of the original, and it's going to be about a 13 episode TV show. Okay. Do you know this film already is a TV show? Is it? I thought it's it been spun off as a stage musical mm. and a. Sorry, this, this, no one's already had your idea. It's a Nickelodeon TV show. Jack uh, Black is not in it. Okay. The character who's playing the Jack Black character like the, the teacher so it's a cartoon i guess no it's not a cartoon it's yeah. it's a, no it's live action this is the thing it's weird though because i've not watched it but i did a google image search and the guy who plays the jack black character is weird looking <laughs> rather than get somebody who looks a bit like jack black they've got this weird kind of like retired wrestler or something or like a 90s beach bum kind of like mm-hmm. he's got like long blonde he's kind of in his 30s or 40s but he's got like long bleach blonde hair and he's really like chiseled it's not the right look it's weird don't like Ooh, it. Okay. Anyway, sorry, give me your idea. I'm sure it's better than this Nickelodeon show, which I've yeah. never watched. So yeah, it's going to have a few short seasons. Well, I don't know how many seasons. We'll see see how, how well it takes. Sure. So season one will tell the story of how this band prepares for their last ever chance to win a battle of the bands before they all finish high school and all go their separate ways. 
Okay. <clears throat> Over the course of the season, each character is going to get their own self-contained episode, Orange's New Black style. Okay. Telling their story through flash forwards instead of flashbacks. Right. Over the course of the next 15 years. Right, okay. So where possible, the oldest versions of these characters could be played by original actors. How do you mean original? Like the actors who played them in the original film? Yes. Okay, Because cool. it's about 15 years. It's 18 years later, actually, but... Sure, okay. 15 works. The girl who played uh, Summer, the mm. the Lisa Simpson one, mm-hmm. is actually still quite a well-known actress. Not that you recognise the name, you don't know who anyone is, but... Uh, but I checked out some of the other actors and they are not current. <laughs> no, no. Miranda <laughs> Cosgrove. Miranda okay. Cosgrove, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have done this and that's it. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe that's just a pipe dream. I don't know. So, this season is going to simultaneously tell the story of them preparing for and eventually playing the Battle of the Bands, whilst also telling the story of what each character did in the 15 years following that gig. Okay, I like it. I've not written those plots. Okay. Because there'll be quite a few of them. Sure. And as you're aware, I wrote this quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So we don't find out until uh, the last episode whether they actually won the Battle of the Bands or not. But we do know that after the gig, um, all the characters, they completely separate. None of them sort of stay together or anything. Right, okay. So they'll go off to college and to university or whatever it is in America. Sure. And they'll go into completely different things. They don't necessarily keep up with rock and roll. Mm -hmm. It was the thing they were doing in high school. Sure, 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 yeah. Everybody goes through a phase. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to get stories like people coming out. Mm-hmm. others dealing with big loss in their life, some going completely off the rails and some just not letting go of, the, of their younger selves. Sure. So maybe some people do absolutely stick with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. But obviously the whole band doesn't, so there's no band. Which ones do you think would stick with the rock and roll? Mm-hmm. The keyboardist. Keyboardist, sure, yeah. Mr. Cool. Mm-hmm. What's the face that we kept mentioning earlier, the the, the larger backing Tamika? singer? Tamika, yeah. Not necessarily with rock and roll, but she still... I feel like she'd pursue music. She might end up on, like, The yeah. Voice or something, yeah. or American Idol, yeah. Right. Well, perhaps something a bit more good. Oh, okay. Well, maybe she becomes, <laughs> like, yeah, becomes a professional singer. Right? Yeah, maybe. A soul singer, yeah. Yeah. So the episodes are ideally going to get very emotional. Okay. Sure. They're going to be very, very, very well written. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Each episode is going to sort of tell an individual story of this one character over the course of 15 years, where ultimately they learn a lesson. Okay. The end of each episode, the oldest version of that character will have learnt that lesson in some way. Mm-hmm. And then the youngest version of that character will always close the episode and they're just starting on that journey. Right, okay. So each episode is going to be the start of something. Right. The start, okay. the middle and the end, but in the wrong order maybe. Okay. It's also going to be, while doing that, it's going to be telling the greater story of how everything comes together. Now, the penultimate episode is where it gets interesting. Okay. So it's not going to be about any one character. It is the day of the gig. And, of course, the gig itself. While in the flash forwards, we see that each character receives a letter 15 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, they read it and then react in a very emotional way. Back to the young cast, they win their gig. For the first time, they win the Battle of the Bands, which is the greatest moment of their lives. They'll have a massive celebration. And... Is Jack Black with them? Yeah, yeah Jack Black's with them. Okay, Still cool. with Jack Black, because he doesn't really age. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> As a celebration, they all actually decide to go to their prom, which, because of... TV show rules, it's on the same day. Mm-hmm. You know how the prom is always on the same day is that thing that people want to do. Yes, yes. So they always have divided loyalties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no one questions it in this. No. Okay. Maybe it's mentioned halfway through the show or something, but no one questions it. It's like, yeah, we're going to the band. Yeah, sure. Go, yeah, there's go, no question. Going go, go to the gig. No one's going to prom, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the parents are completely for it. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. That'd be a nice, refreshing little change. Yeah. And it's the closing scene of the episode, we see what the letter says. Um, your presence is requested at a memorial service for Dewey Finn. May soul rest in peace. Oh no! Killed him. That's very sad. Is that the end? 
So in the next episode, the final episode of the season... Okay. Well, that's a real cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we finally get uh, Dewey's story. Okay, okay. So from the moment the gig finishes, where everybody goes off to their prom and mm. he's left alone by himself. Sure. So he's quite upset. The best band that he's ever been a part of, they've just disbanded on their greatest day and he's not been invited to the after party. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, yeah. That's so depressing. This better cheer up real fast. <laughs> <laughs> so he spends the next 15 years in... Well, it gets better and better and better. Still teaching? Yeah, so he's going to be doing a bit of extracurricular teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to get a band together sure. of adults. Adult like, band, like, sure. Yeah, like a normal-sized adult band. Mm-hmm. And that's going to do all right. Sure. It's going to do fine. It's not a massive failure, but it's fine. He's still going to live with his uh, his old housemate, Ned, who's not with whatever her face was. Sarah Silverman. Yeah. yeah. Because she was awful. She was awful. She was terrible. But it's not her fault. Like, the character was of just... Course, there, was yeah, no, yeah. There, was no, there was no character there. Yeah. Mm. Over the course of this this episode, he does meet up with a few of the characters mm-hmm. the, over the 15 years. Because I'm, I'm guessing that these characters are going to be cast with, like, a few people at different ages. Oh, I see. So it's going to be them at, like, the age of 7 or 8, or 9 or 10, whatever it was. Yeah. Them at the age of, like, 50, and them at the age of, like, 28 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So he's going to meet up with some of, that, some of that cast and some of those characters um, over the years and check in with them, see that none of them are really into rock and roll, and he still really is, and everybody's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Move, move, move on, move yeah. on, <laughs> which is a bit sad. And so he's he's kind of striving for attention. Sure, 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 yeah. And so he gets this idea. Is he going to fake his own death? He fakes his own death. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm relieved, but also, like, <laughs> that's a real dick move, Jack Black. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm relieved you've not actually killed him. So. Yeah. Okay, go on. I know, I, I wrote it, and I was like, oh, can I do this? <laughs> no. <laughs> so he makes invitations for his own funeral, mails them out to the band, um, they all turn up at the church and go and sit down. They comment on how weird it is that they're the only people there. Mm-hmm. And then Dewey jumps out from behind the altar and screams, Surprise, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Getting the band back together. None of the band are surprised. Really? Okay. They, saw <laughs> they, this coming. they all just roll their eyes. It's like, oh, for God. Okay. Um, well, I'm relieved that... Yeah, good. We cut to Summer, okay. um, who says, Son of a... And then we cut to Black. Okay. End of season one. Great. The music <laughs> plays. Season two picks up that instant. Bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You've been watching a lot of Netflix seasons. (laughs) Yeah. And so season two is going to tell the story of how they reform the band Mm -hmm. and attend about other bands again, while simultaneously telling individual stories of events in the past, which add to each episode and build up to... Like Orange is the New Black, you find out more and more about the characters as it goes by. Sure, okay. And so it's not like one character has their episode in season one, they're not going to come back as much. Sure. They're going to get another episode. Yeah, they've had a whole, like, 15 years of life to live, yeah. Exactly. There's lots of things that happen to everybody. Cool. So, that'll happen, and they're actually going to lose this battle of the bands this time, at the end of season two. Okay. Quite spectacularly. Oh, no. It'll be an absolute shit show. Is there Um, a reason for that, or are they just not good enough? um, I've not written the reason. Okay, it's not it's internal not divisions, maybe. Like it's not massively important, but okay. what, what is important is that the ways that everybody is bonded over the course of the past season gets completely undone. Oh no! Leaving the show completely open for a season three for them to fix all the relationships. <laughs> okay, and uh, that's that's pretty much what I've got. But okay, I, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, that I could, could run I, and run. Yeah. yeah, I could certainly see that happening. I'd love to watch that. I would too, because the kids all had really good individually defined personalities. It wasn't that they were just all funny; mm. they were all really individual characters so I definitely would like checking with any one of them and be like well, what happens after this like, yeah I took heavy inspiration from Glow for this and sure, yeah. a bit of Orange is New Black which are quite similar in the way I took inspiration but uh, 
yeah, I, I really, it's one of my favourite ideas, I think. I think that's, re- I really think that's very workable, yeah. Mm. I, I could yeah it still, need, still needs a bit of work, but, uh, mm. yeah. No, I, I can see watching that, definitely. Mm-hmm. So do you think it is going to be like a Netflix season, a series? like? Yeah, initially I had Netflix at the top, but I took it out because of uh, what we talked about product placement earlier. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Netflix, great. If you could uh, pay some money and maybe hire me as a writer, that would be... Yeah, uh, sure, we'll put it together, yeah. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Beyond the box set productions. <laughs> I can see. Yeah, Jet Black's never not really moved into TV, as far as I know. Like that might be a good because they mm. did try to make a sequel to this apparently, but they couldn't get the timings right. And it just oh, really? Like a film sequel. Yeah. Like a couple of years after the original, but it just never happened. But and I think like the ship sailed for a direct sequel now. But I mm. think yeah, that kind of TV show could could really work. Mm. Well, I, I could see Jet Black moving into a into a Netflix kind of TV show because he's not the biggest actor in the world. Yeah, done big films this year even, but uh, still he could do it. He absolutely could, yeah. Cool, okay. I like that a lot. I Mm -hmm. think that's definitely a workable idea. Uh, So should we get to some listener submissions? Better add. So we obviously had a lot of plays on the name as always. I'm going to start myself a little drinking game. Feel free to join in. Okay. Um, I'm going to drink any time someone does school of different genre. Well, prepare your liver then. You're about to get very drunk. Oh, I've got half a beer to go through. Adam Capitanio says, University of Rock? I'll drink. Yeah. Brian Hunt said, Homeschool of Polka. What's Polka? Polka's like a folky kind of, you know. That counts. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brennan said, School of Rocks. As in Stones? I think it's Stones, yeah. I don't know if that counts as a different genre. That but... counts. Okay, fine. Joe Herman, this will definitely count. Joe Herman said, Apprenticeship of Acapella. Oh, God. Joe Coughlin said, School of Rock 2, A Doctorate of Disco. Oh, man. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> Eric Bryan said, School of Rock 2, A Masters in Metal. It's <laughs> gone to a subgenre there, but yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, so we've got some different ones now, some, so you, you can relax. Okay. And drink the rest of your beer at your own pace. Yeah, yeah. So Andrew J. Hawthorne, you might like this one, suggested School of Spock. Is it Star Trek? Yeah. Well, I can't. Well, I guess it's different. Genre. Okay, it's not a musical genre. But there's some thought behind this. So th- this is only going to work if you're a Star Wars. If Star Trek? Yeah, it doesn't really work if you know your Star Trek references, but obviously you do. <laughs> Clearly I don't. Wow. We learn how Jack Black taught Spock how to play that weird loot <laughs> thing he was always fiddling with. <laughs> Sorry, that's just really tickled me for some reason. <laughs> just that Jack Black teaching Spock. Yeah. <laughs> can't think of anybody who is just more... Incorrect for... For Spock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so we learn how Jack Black taught Spock how to play that weird loot thing he was always fiddling with in okay. the original series. Yeah, yeah. Greg Sheehan, similar idea. School of Rock 2, A Star Wars Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's, no, there's no... Yeah, that doesn't count. No, there's no context there. It's just... Yeah. Ooh, sorry about me. Um... Well, you have drunk a lot of beer in a very short amount of time. So. Keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> okay, here you go. Prepare yourself. Hoover Wind said, Community College of Fusion. The kids all become goths with saxophones. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Mike Carey says, two sequels in one. Matt Damon teams up with Jack Black in We Bought a Zoo of Rock. Okay. That Matt Damon film, We Bought a Zoo, that yeah, nobody yeah. ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. Do, I, do, I, do I drink? It's up to you. Andrew J. Hawthorne again said, School of Clocks. Doc Brown is the teacher. Okay. It's a backdoor Back to the Future sequel. Mm. Backdoor to the Future. Yep, yep, I like that. Cool. Mitch Falieres said, Jailhouse Rock. All the band members are convicts played by real rock stars. Jack Black plays a part-time guard and son of the no-nonsense warden. The warden is played by Meatloaf. 
<laughs> and uh, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters plays an inmate. Oh, great. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah, this, actually, I can see this. It's essentially the film The Longest Yard, but instead of a football game, it ends with a battle of the bands. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. John McPherson says, School of Rock 2, keep on rocking in the free world. Mm-hmm. Jack Black and the kids go undercover as music teachers in Russia to uncover a plot against America. So it's an 80s movie with modern themes. And Park Parkinson says, School of Grok. Same thing, but on Mars. Mm, yeah, I'll drink. Sure. <laughs> Foss starts podcast. Oh, we still got the st- end. There's no, there's more. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want a refill? No, no, no. We're all good. Okay. Foss starts podcast at Foss starts pod. We pick up seconds after the end of the mid-credits roll of the first movie. The guitar reverb still hangs in the air. Mm-hmm. Set a scene here. Crash. The police kick down the door. Mr. Jack Black's character, Mr. Dewey, whatever. We've just found out that you haven't been CRB checked. <laughs> Everyone gasps. The police then continue, and we're going to tell everyone. Is that really what the police would do? Surely they'd arrest him. We're going to tell everyone. We're going to tell on you. We're telling. We're telling. <laughs> Unless you best us right here, right now, in a rock off. <laughs> and Jack Black says, we accept your challenge. I don't know why he's using the royal way. It seems just him, but mm-hmm. just go with it. Uh, and then Sting starts to sing Roxanne, you know, Roxanne. Wait, where does Sting come from? I don't know, maybe one of the police officers is played by Sting. Okay, sure. Hasn't been explained, I'm just going to go with it. Uh, and the movie begins, so that's it. That's all they've got, so I guess it's a rock-off. Wow, what a start. Yeah. I want to I wanna hear more. Yeah, I want to hear more. Cause... Flesh this out and get back to us next week, false starts. You know what? That's one thing we've not put in any of our stories here. Cameos. Because there absolutely would be loads of cameos in a sequel to this. 100%, yeah. Why, who are you thinking? Well, Sting's a great... Uh, Sting's a, great, a good great one, idea. Yeah. You've already mentioned uh, Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Did you say Ozzy Osbourne before? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy would be a good one too, though. Did you say Ozzy for wearing a school uniform on stage or something? No, that's the guy from ACDC. Angus oh, Angus, Angus yeah. Young used to, but, I think, yeah. Yeah, there's like loads of these people. Yeah, they totally. would all come, come for a Absolutely. sequel to this. So, Dad Zone at Dad Zone Cast. Sister Act 3, so it's a sequel crossover with mm. the movie Sister Act. Convent of Rock. Convent of Rock. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Sister Mary Clarence, as in the Whoopi Goldberg character in the Sister Act trilogy, mm. or the Sister Act films there's only two so far this will be the third mm-hmm. uh, finds out her school is haunted by a rock poltergeist mm-hmm. a rocky geist if you will <laughs> oh dear <laughs> not my words and enlists a young up-and-coming music teacher that recently won a local battle of the bands comp to help her save the school battle the forces of darkness mm-hmm. see they say a young up-and-coming teacher but they're still going to cast Jack Black well let's say who recently won Battle of the Bands technically he didn't actually win did he it was his old band who no, won it could be a member so, of the, yeah. so maybe it was like uh, the bass player from that you know the guy at the start who was like come on we're still friends man could be because um, he was quite young so that's a young and up-and-coming maybe he was a teacher okay, who, who knows who okay knows? fair anyway <laughs> the twist the stuffed shirt guy who tries to show them all how stupid they are and, and wants to shut them all down who will be played by Rick Moranis from Honey I Shrunk the Kids and Ghostbusters nice uh, it's actually right, and it's just some old leaky pipes and poor building materials, not a poltergeist. So, Great. That's the end of that. Oh, and th- so that was Dad Zone's idea, but Blokebusters provided the twist. Oh, right. So that was a con- collaborative effort yeah. there. Well mm. done, guys. Mm. I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. TIFO gold, podcast. Gold star. Five gold stars. Five gold stars. Eight. Grades don't count in rock and roll. Uh, TIFO podcast. <laughs> podcasting, on the other hand. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Give us five gold stars. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Give us all the gold stars, please. Yeah. <laughs> on iTunes. Yes. Uh, things I found online podcast at TIFO podcast. Think there could be some potential in online University of Rock. It's a scam. <laughs> you know, online universities are all a big scam. <laughs> Blokebusters had their own idea as well. The High School of Rock. Same premise, but the teacher is a downtrodden shell of a man who's into 90s rock. Mm-hmm. 
Everything he tries to do fails, and the students actually don't have any incredible talent, they're all just average. He ends up getting arrested, and they get a new teacher. Enter Jack Black. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't Jack Black. Mm-hmm. He tries, gets them fired up, and they're still just okay. Mm. They're not that great. Mm. He ends the film surprised, but feeling good about next year, because he simply can't not be optimistic in any one role he ever does. Mm. Well, I guess it's more of an observation about Jack Black. He's always a very optimistic, upbeat character. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. At one Aussie nerd says, Jack gets arrested for impersonating a teacher and starts a band in jail. Okay. I yeah. think that, that's yep. got some potential, yeah. That could have your Orange is the New Black crossover even more so. And cameos. Lots like, of cameos. Like, what, what's, the, what's the face said with uh, being, being in jail? And yeah, yeah. If you combine the two jail ones, yeah. So let's mm-hmm. have a bit of Dave Grohl, a bit of Meatloaf, a bit of Ozzy Osbourne, a bit of Sting, a mm-hmm. bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, what other rock bands are there? Uh, I think you covered it. That's all the rock bands there are mm-hmm. right now. So that's also called Jailhouse Rock. So mm-hmm. thank you at One Aussie Nerd One, who's also our latest Patreon subscriber. So thank oh, you very much. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you for supporting us. We are so grateful. We look forward to having you on the show soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, at We All Have Colds. Great Twitter handle. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I know what made you think of that. He's called Nathan, but his Twitter handle is at We All Have Colds. Okay. Proposes a Galaxy Quest crossover. Okay. Involving an elementary school for the little Gorgniacs. So you know in the in Galaxy Quest, which we watched recently, mm. you know when they go beam down to the planet and there's all those cutesy little rock babies oh, that yeah. end up eating people? Mm-hmm. It's School of Rock, but teaching them how to rock and roll? Wait, w- were they rocks or something? Or were they... I guess. Because, wait, no, there was a rock monster just after that scene. There was, yeah, so yeah. Oh, maybe it's baby them then. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's they're the babies. Maybe it's small rock no, monsters. Maybe, maybe you're right, but there's definitely a tie in there. There's somehow. definitely something. There's definitely something. There's going to be a lot of puns. Yeah. I feel like just any kind of, like, this film but in space could work. Mm. 100%. Okay. Mm. And those good. are our sequel ideas. Great. Thank you guys for a very creative selection this week. I'm pretty pleased with that. Still got a little bit of beer left. Yeah. Harry's now struggling to see straight, but yeah. I'll be right. It'll be fine. Cool. So that was our School of Rock episode. If you have any sequel ideas for School of Rock or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, you name it. We are probably on it. And if we're not on it, let us know and we will get on it. I'm just trying to to mix it up a little bit Uh, yeah you can also find us on social media we're on Facebook Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr just search Beyond the Box Set if you really like the show please leave us a review because it really helps us to find new listeners or subscribe for a new episode every Friday morning you can also support us on Patreon as Harry mentioned earlier in the episode just go to patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set where you can become a VIP supporter for as little as $2 a month or as much as $15,000 a month to get the same access to a whole bunch of fabulous bonus content I think we should stop saying the $15,000 a month thing sounds too uh, sort of like we're begging no I feel like if we keep it up one day someone's just going to do it what you mean? Just be quite drunk while they're singing. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. I'll be that guy. One day, some rich pricks and we listen to our podcast. All right. And they'll be like, you know, yeah, I like this show. I've got fifteen thousand dollars to burn. I'll give it to them. Sure. Well, and if they regret it the next month, we still get a month for fifteen. Yeah. That's very true. Well, I, fair fair for, enough. Okay, rich prick, if you're listening. Yeah. You we'll stop calling you a rich prick. We'll. <laughs> Mister Prick. Munificent. 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 I am Sean Connery this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Munificent benefactor. It's the last time we do drink, drinking games in the middle of the episode. We always do drinking games in the middle no, of the episode. No, I mean, oh, like, I mean when we drinking, do drinking literal games. Drinking games. Fair, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Now I'm going to keep doing it. We're going to make it our thing, and one day it'll pay off, and we'll be very happy and very rich. Mm-hmm. Well, somewhat rich. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, great. So where was I? Yeah, so patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set. You can also find merchandise at tpublic.com. Just search beyond the box set. 
And next week we will be continuing our Sing Your Way to an Oscar miniseries. <laughs> You're not happy with the title, are you? I am, I just forgot about it. Okay. So, okay. Well, I mean, you didn't consult me on the title because no. I didn't realise it had to be Oscar related. I just thought it was singers who, or musicians who well, become I actors. I don't need to consult on the title. I'm in charge of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> this is new. This is also something you've not consulted me on. But, uh, well, well I, I don't, again, I don't need to. I guess the truth. Well, well, if I'm going to be able to pick a film, you know, every other week. I'll, I'll let you. Well, thank you. That's very gracious of you. I don't know where this has all come from. No, you, <laughs> this unearned sense of confidence. That's that's what happens when Harry drinks half a beer in the space of 30 seconds. A very unearned sense of entitlement. Anyway, so, continuing our series on musicians who became actors, uh, I have chosen a film by an actress who... This was inspired by a conversation we had off air. Oh, no. Yeah, you know where it's going. So... We had this idea for this series last week. We were sat in a bar, we were having a few drinks, and we were discussing the next series we wanted to do. And I said, how about musicians turned actors? And you said, great. And then we were talking about all the amazing singers who became actors we could feature. We could feature Will Smith. We could feature uh, Cher. We could feature Beyonce. We could feature Barbra Streisand. You know, there's so many great singers who become actors. And then I said, oh, we could do a Jennifer Lopez film. And then Harry said some words to me that upset me greatly. <laughs> And it's not like I'm not used to the fact that Harry, you know, likes to rub into my face every now and again, that he's somewhat younger than I am. But mm. um, nevertheless, when Harry said the words, who is Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> I felt the cold grip of death on my shoulder. And to clarify, so I know the name Jennifer Lopez. Okay. I'm, I'm aware of her as a celebrity from times gone by. Sure. Um, from days of yore. From d- days of yore, if you will. She she was with Ben Affleck for a while. Hey, she's her own woman. She's not defined by her relationships. I'm just telling you what I know. Sure, okay, fine. And um, that's pretty much it. So, to prove a point to John, (laughs) I put a little Facebook status up saying, Mm. uh, quick question, do you know who Jennifer Lopez is? With a poll. Yes Yes or or no answers, yeah. And we looked at it a few few minutes later. It was great. It was 50-50. And Mm. I was like, yes. Um, unfortunately, one vote was me, one vote was John. <laughs> and, um, uh, I don't know who else is voting. Um, I know I've had a sympathy vote on, on, on my behalf, which is not great. <laughs> Currently, I'm looking at it now, um, it stands at uh, 7% no, 93% yes. So uh, I think I'm outnumbered there. Yeah. Listeners, I'm going to put a little post up on the Beyond the Box Set page. Let us know if you know who Jennifer Lopez is. I already shared it to the Beyond the Box at page. Are you going to read it? Yeah. What? Yeah, I shared it at the time. Don't share my personal things. You told me to. Did I? Yeah, you said share oh, that on Beyond the Box I was drunk. Well, you're drunk now, so who do I believe? Ah. Uh, you can post it again. The results will be no, much the same. Most no, people know who Jennifer no, Lopez no, the is. the time's passed. The time's okay. passed. So anyway, clearly the upshot is that Harry has some education ahead of him. So I thought to myself, okay, so which of Jennifer Lopez's timeless classic movies <laughs> how timeless are we gonna do i thought we could do made in manhattan we could do the wedding planner we could do monster in law we could do giggly but i thought no let's do something more recent let's do her most recent box office success mm-hmm. proving that she is in my opinion the modern day share she is somebody who constantly reinvents and is able to move with the times so I'm going to suggest that next week, well, not suggest, demand, next week's film is going to be a little film that you probably haven't heard of called The Boy Next Door. 
sounds awful. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, and we're just going to watch it, and we're going to talk about oh, it. Oh, God. So, next week, we are going to be watching the 2000, maybe 14, maybe 15, it came out a couple of years ago, J-Lo hit, and it was a hit. Hit? It was a success. Really? It was a successful film, The Boy Next Door. And listeners, if you have not seen this film, I would very much recommend that you watch it in time for the next week's episode, because I think it's going to be a good one. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Cool. <laughs> So that's that. Join us next week for The Boy Next Door with Jenny from The Block. I've now lost all my energy. Oh, and by the way, I think I know every lyric to that stupid song now. (laughs) Because whenever I tell people, like, yeah, yeah, I've not heard of Jennifer Lopez, but Jenny from The Block. But... Go on, how does the chorus go? Um, I'm still Jenny from The Block. Don't be... Now I might have a lot. Yeah, don't be fooled by the... Rocks that I've got. I'm still Jenny from the block. Oh, I missed that bit. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. Yeah, I got, I got that yeah. yeah. Even though I know where I came from. From and the I've, block. I, and I've heard that song once. Yes. Since the poll, that is. Yes. Only. And it's stuck in your mind. And you know why? Because it's a classic. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a classic. I'd, have, I'd, have, I'd know who Jennifer Lopez is. Well, by the end of next week, you will. <sighs> okay. So, join us next week for... Jenny from the Block and The Boy Next Door. Sounds just awful. Well, approach it with an open mind, please, Harry. Yeah, you know I won't. Well, you should. Okay. But I won't. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)